come to that time where we get to reason with God in our own minds. Uh, a sermon is delivered, offered, and it may be catalyst for you to think about something that you haven't thought about before, or it may be uh, a moment where you uh, have your own things to think about. But there is this great invitation to come and be with God and to argue it out, to think about what it means for you and me and us together to be the people of God. Our epistle reading today comes from Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is one of these enigmatic books of the Bible in that we don't really know who wrote it, but we feel and sense the truth in it. So let's listen for the word of the Lord. By faith, Abraham, one of the Old Testament characters, obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a long time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with Abraham of the same promise. For Abraham looked forward to the city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power to procreate, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered God faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, quote, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore, quote. All of these, writes the author of Hebrews, all of these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance, they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth for people who speak in this way make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. If they were thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, God has prepared a city for them. Herein resides the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. We pray, O God, that as sermon is offered, as scripture is read, as service moves from way to way, that there is a speaking of your spirit in the lives of children and youth and adults. For we are all here as your people, together and equal being called to this great work. Give us what we need. Give us the energy, the courage, but most of all, your spirit, that we might be your good and faithful people now and always. In your holy name we pray, amen. Well, the writer of Hebrews describes Abraham and those in faith desiring a better country. Don't we all? 
Don't we all? I have a feeling that if we took this as a matter of a vote, even to the United States Congress, as divided as they are, and asked, do we all desire a better country, we could get a unanimous yes, right? The problem would be when we came down to the question of what does it mean to be a better country? What constitutes a better country? What does it look and feel and smell like? When the writer of Hebrews says that Abraham desired a better country, I think we all have the sense that he was referring to something more than just his tribe or his nation. That for him, a better country was a bigger and a better vision of what God intended from the very beginning. You know, we meet Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Just 12 chapters after the very creation of the, of the earth, of all things. Things have gone awry. And now God calls Abraham. This is an old, old story. Calls him out from where he is into a place that's different. For God wants to do a different thing than what was going on in the world that Abraham resided in. God had a bigger dream. And God capsulized it with these words. I will bless you. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. In other words, there are blessings. There's wealth. There's health. There's meaning. But these blessings are not just for the privileged few. Not just for those who have set the rules and decided that they are the ones who are deserving of the blessings. But rather that the blessings are for all. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. And surely when we hear this promise of Abraham to Abraham by God. We recognize that the promise is more than just physical land. The writer of Hebrews is said, said that he and others were looking for a city. A city. That is, a polis. That's the Greek word, polis. From which we get names like Indianapolis or Annapolis. It's where we talk about politics or the police. Those things that have to do with our common good, our humanity. Hebrews said that they're looking for a city, a polis, whose foundation had an architect and builder who was none other than God. Now, I've known some builders and some architects who think they're God, but can you envision a city, a polis, a politic, that is designed and built by God? Think of who God is and what God is like. This one who creates with such extravagance and abundance. This one who creates in a way that allows for and welcomes and celebrates all the diversity that is the creation of this world. This God who is generous and loving and kind and always wants to to, to regenerate where nothing and no one gets lost. What would a world built And designed by God look like. And more importantly, I suppose, how will God open the eyes of people, us, 
For you know that's how God works, right? Through connections and people. How will God design and shape us to be able to see that which we're being called to see? Most of us do occasionally see those little signs of the kingdom, of the dream, the reign of God in the world. You know those moments, for they they stand out to you. You have that experience of feeling like, oh, right here, right now, this is what the world is supposed to be like. This is how we're supposed to, to interact. This is how it's supposed to feel. There's enough for all. There's goodness for all. There's blessing for all. And you feel it. And you want to capture it. It's like that moment that Simon Peter had on, on the mountain with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, let's stay right here, he said. Let's build some houses. Let's hang out right here. They're just little glimpses. The writer of Hebrews said... They, they saw the promises, but all they could do was wave to them, greet them in the distance. And that's the way we feel. We have those moments. I had one this week when we were invited to a supper by a young chef who grew up in this church. He invited all the people who had helped form and shape him as a way to say thanks to God and thanks to these people for loving and caring for him. For see, you see, this is a young man who was born and raised in this church. And there wasn't a boundary that this church could put on him that he didn't break instantly. We used to pay Sunday school teachers combat pay to be his, his teacher. He, he was just a terror. And today... His eyes have been opened. He gets it. He's grateful. He has a profound relationship with God. And he wanted to come back to Louisville and make this dinner as a way to say, thanks be to God. And as we gathered for that unbelievable meal, we felt it. The kingdom of God. Just for a moment. I felt it in this room yesterday. We gathered for Susan Omer's funeral, one of the dear members of our congregation who died this week and whose funeral was just yesterday. Susan was the owner, proprietor of a a store over on Barrett called The Deal. They they specialized in mid-modern furniture, which is kind of just funky, junky furniture. And Susan collected it. She had an eye for it. But she also kind of collected funky, junky people as well. In fact, I had the suspicion that really she had the store really to collect the people who came in as much as it was to sell uh, furniture and, and clothing. And these people were in our sanctuary. They sat where you're sitting right now. And afterward, they said to me, I've not been in church for decades. This was Susan's home? Oh, This helps me know Susan more. This makes me see that maybe there's a place for someone like me. And for just that moment, I thought, oh, the kingdom of God has come near. I feel it every Monday when I gather with these pastors, black and white, from different kinds of churches across our city, as we try to forge a new way to think about race. Our eyes have been opened. We don't see the world the same anymore. And we recognize that systems have to change. 
that power has to be transferred. And it feels like an impossible task to push this boulder up the hill. And yet there are those moments when we realize we are exactly where God has called us to be. And you've had that experience of feeling like in just that moment, everything has aligned. And God is palpable. And there is grace and mercy. And from a distance, we see that better country. It's like our it's, it's, it's like we've been born again. Our eyes are open and we see things. It's more three-dimensional. It's more vivid. It's clearer. And you realize you're being embraced by this call. It's not just religion anymore. It's about life. It's about your life and your call to be part of this life. And you realize, even if you weren't intending it, Jesus is leading you. His teachings, his words, his actions. You discuss it with people. You listen deeply and you realize. Oh, these things we've been talking about. That's the way to a better country. This way of Christ. When he said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's what this means. That this way of self-giving love. This way of sacrifice. That's revealed in Jesus and his cross. Is what leads to the better country. Not just the United States. Though we pray for that. But right here, this country the country of this community, the country of our city and beyond, we're being called to lean into this way, to believe it, and to realize this is where home is. Home is where the dream of God is being lived out in its fullness. And you realize that's where I want to go. Just like the writer of Hebrews, we're looking for a homeland. And I hear in the back of my mind, A hymn that we sang when I was a little boy. I must need go home by the blood-sprinkled way. I'd think, oh, how horrible is that? But then the chorus would say, the way of the cross leads home. Home. And home is that place where you connect with God, where we connect with God, and where God's will is done on earth as in heaven. And so it's with joy. Not coercion, but joy. That we come to this table today to be counted among those who eat bread of a body that is broken and given for us. That we drink from the cup which represents the the blood, the life of one whose very life was poured out in love for this world. For we know deep down that it's only through bodies broken and blood shed that we find the better country. We do desire a better country. And God will bring it. God's kingdom will come. God's will will be done. Not just on, in heaven, but right here and now. Let's pray together. May the truth of the gospel 
break in even just for a moment into our minds and hearts such that we are so gripped by it that we cannot but follow. To your glory now and always. In the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen.